Hey y'all, Colin here with two quick announcements. Uh, one is that we finally found a recording time that works better for all of us, um, so we, if you missed it, are going to be releasing new episodes of Nintendo Week officially on Sundays from now on. The bad news is this week and next, um, I, if you did not know, I am an actor, and this weekend and next weekend uh, I am filming a project, and so at least this time and probably next weekend as well, I turned out not to have any time to edit the episode, so uh, unfortunately there will be no editing. It's going to be rough, there will be no music, no uh, fun Game Boy sounds, um, so I apologize for that, please bear with it, but it's a fun episode nonetheless, so I think you'll really enjoy it. Alrighty, have fun! And welcome to Nintendo Week for the Endo Week of November 3rd through November 11th or 12th. I don't know. I'm your host, Colin McIsaac, and as always, I'm joined by Alex Plant. The United States of NES. And Ben Lamoureux. Looking forward to Pokemon Sun and Moon. Yeah. Uh, we are very disorganized this week. We've got a news block and gossip stone and lightning round, but uh, they have not been terribly well prepared. Uh, I think as of Tuesday, it's 2016 is officially a valid excuse, so um, <laughs> let's just hop right in. Let's hit the news block. There's been a ton of Nintendo Switch news since our last news block, some from Nintendo and a lot in the form of reports from industry insiders who have now officially gotten almost everything right. Um, so we'll be touching on the latter in the Gossip Stone. For now, we'll talk about the official stuff. Um, Kamishima says the Nintendo Switch will have a, quote, wider array of accessories. What do you guys think this means? Uh, that kind of reminds me of the, the old Iwata comments about how uh, it was going to be a family of devices. Mm, I see. I was thinking more like those the switchable controllers will have different attachments like a GameCube kind and a fishing yeah, rod kind and stuff like that that we'd possible. seen in those mock-ups. Yeah, and I was thinking specifically like a D-pad, traditional D-pad, uh, Joy-Con. Um, yeah. You know, different uh, different controllers that maybe aren't even related to the Joy-Cons. Like, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that this could mean. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um... Level 5 will not have any games on Nintendo Switch at launch, but they think they they apparently think they will support the console. Yeah, they're they're one of the confirmed supporters. They just they're not going to have cool. anything in the launch right. window, which that isn't super surprising to me just because it doesn't sound like a whole lot of third-party developers were given dev kits far enough in advance right. to have something in time for the launch window. Well done, Nintendo. Uh, but I also think that a lot of it is probably due to uh, Yokai Watch's huge success on 3DS. Yeah. They're probably really going to be focused on 3DS for the foreseeable future. Um, They're also making a lot of games on know. mobile now. So that's true too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the developer of Zelda Twilight Princess HD. T- the developer of Zelda Twilight Princess HD, Tantalus Media, is working on Nintendo Switch games. They specifically said, or I don't remember the exact quote, it, we did not put it here. Uh, it's like, uh, la, 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 la. like, look through Nintendo's history of games and, like, see what you'd like, see what you hope we would bring to Switch or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking it might be. Fingers crossed for either Super Mario Sunshine or Luigi's Mansion HD. Oh, yeah. Especially Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ooh, or Pikmin. 
I could but, see the Pikmin games. I could see Luigi's Mansion. I could see Super Mario 64. Um, oh, I 64 could see would be great. Any of the recent Zelda remasters, um, just kind of making a easy transition over to Switch. Yeah, you know, we've um, talked about maybe doing like a, a Zelda remastered bundle too. I think it would be cool to yeah. see them work on something like that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the I, games. I'd like to see them take on something new. Although with. Um, the way that Twilight Princess HD looked, I don't know that I would want them to handle an N64 HD remake. Uh, I don't know that they have the, the visual sorts of fidelity to be able to pull that off really exceedingly well. But Yeah, with, with Twilight Princess, it was just kind of putting a little bit of polish on it, whereas with something like remaking yeah. an N64 game, you'd have to start from scratch, so... Yeah, and Nintendo hasn't even nailed 3D Mario's visuals in HD yet, so I don't think... Okay. <laughs> Abrupt. <laughs> I guess no one agrees. I, I don't really have any strong opinions either way about that. I'm not really sure if the art needs a lot of significant updates for HD. I mean, they've got... Well, you, you, you and I, I don't know if any listeners are going to know what we're talking about, but I know you and I agree there was that picture going around as like what 3D World looked like and what it needed to look like. Um, it was basically just a lot oh, more yeah. visual flourish. And I think they're they're pulling that off. It looks like with Mario Switch, but I don't know that Tantalus could do it. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with the design of 3D World, where which was very blocky and angular and not very organic. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of people were reacting to what we saw of it at first, which was very bland levels and level design. And then by the time it came out, we started seeing some crazier things with more original artwork, uh, less Maybe, pure throwbacks yeah. to New Super Mario Brothers, and people started warming up to it at, at that time. So I don't think it's that they've struggled adapting it to HD. I think it's that they haven't really made any of those like wide scale U- Mario Universe type yeah. games on right. I, I agree with in that. HD yet. Um, yeah, but I think for something like but Super Mario anyway, 64, it'd be like taking the galaxy art style and applying that back onto Super Mario 64, which I don't think would be that difficult. And there's a lot of assets already made. Um, so that's true. But I mean, I don't know. It, Mario 64 is pretty barren in comparison. And I don't know that no, Tantalus has you're, the you're totally right about that. Yeah. Skills and tools necessary for that. But sure. anyway, um, that's huge tangent. Um, Capcom isn't sure about porting PS4 and Xbox One games to Nintendo Switch. Um, I don't think we know if they know why, or I don't think we know why they're not sure yet. Probably is a combination of factors. They probably aren't familiar enough with the technology. Uh, They probably are sort of waiting to see how well Nintendo Switch does in the marketplace. I think there are a couple of reasons here. I think part of it might also be they have other revenue streams from other games that aren't on PS4 and Xbox One, and they're going to want to keep those kinds of games going um, on Switch. Yeah, I do think that Capcom has a huge opportunity with Switch, though, to do, like, virtual console stuff. Like, Street mm-hmm. Fighter 2 with two Joy-Cons, like, that can be huge, potentially, mm-hmm. uh, with the, the whole local multiplayer thing that uh, of bringing Switch around out and about. Yeah, so they're definitely supporting the console, and they've said they're researching the idea of multi-platform games on Switch, but that they, they're they not sure it'll fit necessarily. They said there's differences in the desired direction and play style of Nintendo Switch than uh, PS4 or Xbox One. So, uh, But like mm. you said, I think that might be a little bit PR speak, and it might be actually a little more about yeah. the hardware and the hardware sales. Yeah. Right. 
Um, and NVIDIA says they expect to work with Nintendo for two decades. I think this is really interesting because we essentially see a non-gaming tech company get into the gaming space successfully, sort of undercover here. Um, like, we know Nintendo tried to work with Philips when Philips wanted to get into the gaming space. Uh, we know Nintendo tried to work with Sony when Sony wanted to get into the gaming space when they were not a gaming company. NVIDIA has actually done it. Yeah, yeah, and this is after they, they canceled uh, some of their yeah. upcoming Shield products, too. So I think they really yeah. are kind of shifting their focus to make Nintendo kind of their gaming arm going forward. Yeah, finally yeah. Nintendo Nintendo <laughs> had this, this, this team-up finally worked out for them. Yeah. yeah, and I guess the other piece of, of good news is that uh, Nintendo is developing on an architecture that they expect to go long-term and mm-hmm. not yeah. be this like really exotic thing like PowerPC ended up being, and they're planning to stick with it for a long time. So that's all very positive. Yeah. Um, that speaks good point. well to Switch sort of being upgradable in the future and not really uh, having to leave your library behind, not having to leave your accessories behind. So it's all, it's all sounding very positive for the future of Switch. Yeah, very nice. Alright, um, off of Switch news, Pokemon producer Junichi Masuda recently told IGN that Game Freak is interested in remaking more Pokemon games, but he also stated that they currently have no plans to release Gold and Silver on the Virtual Console. That gets a big frowny face for me, um, but I think this also speaks pretty strongly that Gen 4 is going to get remade in the Sun and Moon engine mm-hmm. on 3DS, maybe on Switch if they're porting Sun and Moon up. Um, I don't know. I'm still holding out for the uh, the Gen 1 remake. Yeah, me too. I, I don't know if it's going to happen, but be a good time to capitalize on all the hype right now. Yeah. Uh, you know what I think is actually going to happen? Do tell. Here, here's, here's, here's my wild prediction. The Gen 4 remakes... Uh, Arceus is going to play a huge role. Arceus is going to essentially play Rayquaza's like, Delta episode kind of wild role. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arceus is going to go nuts with power. Um, it's going to go down. I don't know what, but it's basically going to say, like, look, uh, new era of Pokemon is starting. Like, this puts the bottle cap on everything up through Gen 7, and uh, whether, you know, whether they move forward with all of the thousand Pokemon by that point or not, um, whether they keep more regions involved, uh, I think that what they're going to do after that is the way they start off the new sort of era of Pokemon is with a brand new game that takes place between Kanto and Johto, and the post-game takes place somewhere like Hoenn. Uh, the new Pokemon regions are huge, at least the size of Kanto and Johto combined. So uh, I think that's kind of how they they go back to the the older sort of era of Pokemon and revisit those ideas without making another just flat sort of vanilla remake. Sure. I'm not sure if I can get behind all of that, but I, I do like the idea of... Arceus having this big story role, and especially with the fact that just out of nowhere, three generations after they introduced Arceus, they introduced Type Null, who is clearly like a yeah. an attempt to copy Arceus. And it's it's this Type Null is important to the story of Sun and Moon too. It would seem so. I think there's definitely going to be some sort of connection, and and that does give a pretty good indication that a Gen Four remake is coming if they're they're sort of making Arceus prominent again in the story. Yeah, there's this 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 
dramatically increasing uh, story element of humans trying to play God in the Pokemon universe, and that has been amping it up ever since Gen 4 mm-hmm. really, really fast. And with the Aether Foundation, or Aether Foundation, and the Ultra Beasts, humans trying to fuse with Pokemon, clearly Type Null was a human-made experiment trying to recreate Arceus, so uh, I think Arceus is going to lay the smack down on all these fools. <laughs> um, data miners dug into the latest poke. Oh, does anyone have anything to say about Gen 2 on Virtual Console? Um... Yeah, not really. I mean, I think okay. at this point, um, the Game Boy games, they've sort of got their their retro kick out with the Gen 1 games, and they'll be focusing on new stuff going forward. But that's so sad. I have I a know. little something to say, but I'll say it after this next story, because it kind of ties yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, good transition, Ben. Uh, data miners dug into the latest Pokemon Go update, and they discovered that there is now Pokedex data for every single Pokemon from Generation 2. So, I don't know if Nintendo's playing coy on the Gold and Silver remakes, and they actually are in the works, and they just kind of wanted to wait until after this Pokemon Go update to spring it on us. But if not, then that should be their plan, because the Gen 1 hype is so strong right now, and the Gen 2 hype is about to be so strong when Pokemon Go gets that update. So, I think it would be a mistake not to capitalize on that. Yeah, and... uh... I honestly think that they should even consider delaying the Pokemon Gen 2 release in Pokemon Go by, like, maybe a month or so if they can use that time to make, like, a Gold and Silver Edition new 3DS and, like, you know, a lot more deals like that where they really do all those throwbacks that they did with the Red and Blue re-releases. Yeah. Um, Because that's a huge opportunity, and if they don't... If they don't sort of cross promote it with the Pokemon Go update. That's an enormous missed opportunity. Um, Wait for this car to pass. Um, Pokemon Tournament is still getting new fighters, and still getting new fighters that we could not predict with those leaks. Krogunk has arrived in Pokemon Tournament for the arcades. Yeah, no one saw that coming. Like, I, yeah. I had pretty much written it off as, oh, the, the next one's going to be Empoleon. We had it leaked months ago, but right. no. Out of nowhere, we get Krogunk. And yeah, I've seen a lot I, of people for whom Krogunk is a fan favorite kind of coming out of the works, and I, I never realized he was so popular. Yeah, I, mean, I think part of it, too, is because he works so well with Pokemon Tournament. Like, there are yeah. a lot of interesting fighting Pokemon specifically that might not be fan-favorite Pokemon, but certainly fan-favorite fighting Pokemon, and sure. Pokemon Tournament really gives them the chance to shine in their own way, um, and Krogunk, I think, is totally one of the top contenders for that sort of field of maybe not some of the favorite Pokemon, but definitely interesting as a fighting Pokemon, and this gives them a chance to shine. Yeah, and, and he's a good fit for the uh, flavor of Pokemon Tournament, too, the way they sort totally. of have been depicting the Pokemon, too. And I think it's, it's still likely that we're probably going to get Empoleon at some point, so we're actually getting more yeah. characters than we were expecting. Yep, and it's all coming to the Switch version. Please. <laughs> you heard it here, probably not first. You probably, um, earlier this month, multiple sources reported that Wii U production has just about wrapped up, but Nintendo immediately denied the story. A few days later, Nintendo flip-flopped and announced that production is indeed ending soon in Japan and that no more Wii U consoles will be shipped to North America in the rest of the fiscal year. Yeah, so rest in peace, Wii U. It's done. I mean, they won't officially come right out and say it's discontinued, but they've said we're not shipping. But it's discontinued. What's that? 
I said, but it's discontinued. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not shipping yeah. anymore to Japan. They're not shipping anymore to North America. And we heard a story uh, about a month ago or so that a lot of European retailers were told that if they wanted any more Wii, unit, Wii U units, that's hard Wii to say, units. Wii units, <laughs> that they had to get in their final order soon because they, they weren't going to be shipping anymore to Europe either. So it's, it, yeah. for all intents and purposes, it is done. And Nintendo just doesn't want to come right out and say that. Yeah, and bon voyage, Wii U. and it's another great example of Nintendo flat out denying something, and then that being a completely meaningless denial. So mm-hmm. uh, Nintendo yeah. Nintendo denials mean nothing. Uh, Nintendo held a special Animal Crossing Direct on November second, revealing tons of new details about the big update, which released on the same day. So that's now available. Um, so the update adds amiibo support, new villagers, um, including Ganon and Wolf Link yeah. and Medley, um, and I think one more I'm forgetting about uh, Epona. Yeah. Super yeah. cool. Um, so there's also support for Amiibo cards, and there are new mini-games. There's, like, Animals of Catan, and there is Animal Crossing <laughs> Puzzle League. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I love that Puzzle League is back, but I wish Jesse and James were still in it. Um, and then fans found tons of extra new features in that update as well. Um, I was not real. I tried the update out, and... It wasn't enough to pull me back into Animal Crossing, but uh, so I so I can't really speak to any of these new features or or how fun an update this has really been. I don't know if either of you can, but no, yeah, I, I, I bought Animal I Crossing when it came out, uh, not right away, a couple months after launch, and then I ended up selling it when uh, Pokemon came out. It was just kind of my time waster game. So once a more sure. interesting time waster game came along, I sold it, and I haven't picked it back up. Sure. Yeah, I haven't jumped back in either, but I am very encouraged by the kinds of mini games they put in because I feel like yeah. when the original Animal Crossing, at least in North America on GameCube, came out, the inclusion of all those sort of extra little games in it was a sort of a big deal. And I felt like the mini games in the sort of vanilla Animal Crossing New Leaf were not very engaging. So um, totally agree. I, I love that they brought back Puzzle League, for example, like you said, and uh, I hope they, they realize that that's an important part of Animal Crossing going forward. Totally agreed. Um, y'all should remind me of this at some point in the future, and especially you listeners. Hold me, hold my nose to the grindstone on this one. Um, I have an idea uh, where Animal Crossing is essentially like the hub software. It's like it's a free-to-play hub uh, for the a Nintendo console's UI and. Mm-hmm like the system OS and from there you can play all the mini games and like NES classics and stuff like you would in Animal Crossing in your house and um, anyway I will explain that in greater detail in the future but listeners make sure that I do that hold me to it the NES Classic Edition launched recently, and Nintendo brought back the the power line to celebrate a, a hotline that you call up for tips and tricks uh, the plug-and-play console comes with a code for 300 My Nintendo Platinum coins, which is the first time that My Nintendo coins have been given out for physical purchases. Um, and if you'd prefer to use original NES controllers on the Classic, there's already an adapter that lets you do that. There is a extension cord if you uh, find the two feet that they give you in the, <laughs> the, the bundle to be too small, which everyone in the planet will. Um, Such a weird decision. So, yeah. Oh, but the uh, the downside is they're sold out everywhere. Yeah, yeah. probably forever. 
<laughs> Who knows if Nintendo's telling the truth when they say they'll try to keep them restocked? They really have not earned they the benefit of the doubt They said that about Amiibo, here. too. Yeah. And this, of all things, they should be incentivized to restock for the holidays. Oh, but, yeah, I mean, this, um, is, this is really all they have for the holiday season outside of Pokemon to, to yep. push I'm sales. sure this is just more artificial demand that they are trying, or an artificial supply shortage that they're trying to use to create hype. So the morning talk shows talk about how cool this new item is and how hard it is to find, and then, you know, come December, they'll pump them all out into the wild. Hopefully. And- Maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> we can we can dream. So what I found most disappointing about the launch shortages was the sh- extreme shortage for the controllers. Um, I feel like stores were getting like oh. four or five times as many NES Classic units as they were NES Classic controllers, which is hmm. just wild because the controllers work with, you know, your Wii remotes uh, on Wii and Wii U, and that's an audience that's going to be much bigger than the number of NES Classics in the wild. So mm-hmm. why not stock them uh you know, greater than the console itself. But, yeah, I don't know. This is Nintendo we're Nintendo talking about. Nintendo got a Nintendo. Um, so I'm probably going to end up giving up on getting a second classic controller and just buy that uh, adapter you mentioned. Yeah. All right, well, um, that is all the news for the week, but let's head over to the Gossip Stone. Here we are at the Gossip Stone, where we discuss the latest updates from the old rumor mill. After each one, we're going to go around and, and weigh in with our final verdicts, whether we think the rumors are true or trubbish. I think these all seem super reliable, and they're mostly grouped together in the Gossip Stone because they're just not officially confirmed. I think it's safe to say, unless we say trubbish explicitly, that we think these are all probably true. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we got some reports about the Switch. The dock will not support external USB drives, but it does support micro SD cards up to 128 gigabytes. There's a big sort of discussion around this that, um, you know, external hard drives are super important, uh, and SD cards that are that big are super expensive. Um, and if you're really going to try to use a lot of digital games, which you might if you want to use uh, the Switch on the go a lot, and not want to have to worry about switching out cartridges, then using an external or having a lot of internal memory is going to be really, really important, especially with games as big as they are these days. Um, but I do see Nintendo's point of view here. Uh, I think it's safe to say most of the people that they expect to buy this are not people who are used to data management on video game consoles. They're people who are more used to using mobile devices and intuitive. Uh, consumer electronics more like laptops and iPads and and 3DSs. So if you have digital games stored on an external hard drive and you're, let's say, playing Breath of the Wild off of that external hard drive and then you try to take it on the go with you and the game freezes up because you just removed the unit from (laughs) the the game itself, like that's going to be a huge problem and that's really dangerous for the kinds of consumers who don't really have that familiarity with managing game data and uh i personally don't trust nintendo to create an intuitive software solution for it so on on their operating system so um i i think that it's unfortunate but this is a necessary and smart trade-off that they've made yeah it it makes perfect sense that you can't use external hard drives because it would just be a nightmare trying to sync information when you take the device on the go and that's kind of the whole totally. point of the Switch. So if it's a hassle to take it on the go, then it defeats the purpose. 
Uh, but yeah. what I'm a little concerned about is 128 gigs is more than enough space to store the average Nintendo game. A lot of Wii U games are only like 5 gigs. Some of the bigger ones were 10. The biggest, like Smash mm-hmm. was like 22. Like, But Smash was an anomaly. Most right. of them were in the 5 to 10 gig range. But if, if Nintendo wants third-party support for this thing, then you're talking the base games are 40 to 50 gigs a lot of times, and then there's a 5-gig day one patch, and then there's DLC. Yeah. So this is just kind of another example to me of why I shouldn't get too optimistic about the third-party support for this, because it doesn't really look like Nintendo is really designing this thing to hold those big AAA games. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the the solace that we can take is that it's a cartridge system, so the load times on physical media Mm -hmm. will be smaller, um, and third parties can still release their games at retail, but definitely if they're going digital, then, you know, this is is not going to work very well. Yeah. And also on the cartridge side, I chipped in about this with uh, the virtual console games, but it's true for third-party games as well. A lot of these third-party games coming out now have never been on a more permanent storage medium like a cartridge. So, like, Skyrim's right. a good example. Skyrim, I could see people loving having uh, that game on cartridge uh, versus a disc. Yeah. So th- it could be that the the medium they're switching to sort of encourages more people to buy physical and treat them like a collection rather than just treating them like... Uh, like digital downloads that they can kind of delete from their system at any time to make safe space or something like that or fill up their right. system with. Um, but, you know, the the industry is going digital, so it's sort of there's, there's sort of a tension there where there's benefits for consumers uh, in that they get a nice right. physical product, but they don't get the benefits of digital. And that's kind of the unsung story here is that Xbox One and PS4, both of those use discs essentially to install the games on the hard drive and then play a little bit of data off of the disc. Mm-hmm. Um, with Nintendo Switch going cartridge, that's kind of the end of, of optical media, officially. Yeah, um, for Nintendo, yeah. You know, at least in the way that it's been used traditionally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we could see a future where, where PS4 and Xbox One essentially say, hey, look, like... We're going to stop pretending that we actually use these discs and just, you know, go with something else. Yeah. Um, Nintendo Switch cartridges report will have a standard capacity of 16 gigabytes gigabytes at launch, but, uh, you know, it's not like cartridges will be limited to 16 gigabytes. Sure. Yeah, so yeah, I'm sure there will there's be anything to say here. bigger options available, but this is another thing where it just if the standard is 16 gigs, then it tells me that Nintendo isn't planning to court large third-party games too much. And again, for Nintendo games, 16 gigabytes is plenty. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Um, Nintendo Switch has 4 gigabytes of RAM. Um, RAM is largely, for these kinds of devices, used for multitasking. So hopefully that speaks better to the ability to, for example, change the Wi-Fi network you're on without having to close the game you're playing. That might be nice. <laughs> I read uh, also, sort of as a, an addendum to this, that the way Nintendo's handling memory with Switch is going to be very good for open-world games where you're loading a large map into memory, uh, like Breath of the Wild's a good example. And so that could be something where, even though this is less RAM than the competing consoles have, they might be able to get more mileage out of their RAM and, and play a lot of these games that are on uh, competing consoles. And but hopefully that's maybe the case, because it's... <laughs> It's, you know, two, four gigs is twice as much as what Wii U had, but it's half of what PS4 and Xbox One had. So right. third-party developers are, are going to have to be more efficient, essentially, to get the same kind of performance out of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, again, kind of suggests mm, maybe third-party support's not going to be so great. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Nintendo Switch uses a USB-C cord to charge... Nintendo Switch uses a USB-C cord to charge, but cannot charge in kickstand mode. Uh, the latter is bad, but the former is great. I hate proprietary chargers. Mm-hmm. Why use them? I'm not that bummed out by the latter, just because the reason it can't charge in kickstand mode is because the charger is on the bottom. It's not like it's some arbitrary restriction, but well, I mean, yeah, but like that's still and I don't kind of sucky, and I don't foresee a lot of people will be playing in kickstand mode for a long enough period of time that that's a problem um but maybe i don't know yeah. six hour I, flights between boston and la could be really useful though only well, sure but you don't have to play it in kickstand mode on a flight kickstand mode's most useful for the the uh co-op on the go feature that's true that's true uh, Nintendo is planning to release Switch in PAL regions on March 17th. On March 17th, a report says, "Who knows? Whatever." Yeah, at, at this point, it's you know that's not so far away. We know it's going to be in March. That seems like a fairly safe date. I have no reason to yeah, that's... to really doubt that. But at the same time, Nintendo could change their minds. It's it's far enough away that they're still probably fine tuning the the details with retailers in terms of when the the best time to launch would be. Uh, one yep. note for the March 17th date is that's right before spring break season for a lot of people, so that would be a um. great time to release Switch. I personally thought it'd be closer to the tail end of the fiscal year so they can you know, prepare for the contingency that it doesn't necessarily sell that well at first, but uh, yeah, no, that's a much better date than what I was thinking. Yep. Emily Rogers says that the 3D Mario game we saw during the Switch reveal is much further along in development than a lot of people believe, and that it could even be a launch game, possibly rather than Zelda Breath of the Wild. I'd be really disappointed if Breath of the Wild doesn't uh, come out at launch, but I'd be very happy if both games are here, because, I mean, we haven't seen much. We've seen, like, six seconds, but I'm intrigued by that new Mario game, and I already know I want Zelda. So if I can have a a new, interesting Mario game and a a Zelda game that I'm super hyped for at launch, I'm sold. Yeah. Yep. It sounds like that's maybe a possibility. Um, I don't know. I, I, I was reading up on this and seeing what she was saying. Like a week and a half ago, maybe, so it's not so fresh in my mind. But, um, yeah, it seem, it doesn't seem like a bad thing. I guess it depends. Uh. It would depend how long after launch Breath of the Wild come, shows up, and it depends, uh, you know, whether this 3D Mario game really is the kind of 3D Mario game people are asking for. Because we do yeah. know EAD Tokyo has been working on it probably for a long time. And we, honestly, I never thought, looking at the footage, that it wasn't far along in development so it's not like yeah, i don't think here. there's any drawbacks to releasing 3d mario sooner rather than later yeah um personally i think it's more important for them to take some of their time with 2d mario and making that something that's really special uh 3d mario i mean they've been working on it for a long time already obviously but it's not uh as long as you know it's more of the kind of game that people are, are asking for it's not like it's that uh that important for them to wait on it right According to Laura Kate Dale of Let's Play Video Games, Super Smash Bros. for Wii U is getting a Nintendo Switch port that includes all the DLC, and the Bayonetta, Cloud, and Corrin Amiibo were all delayed to launch alongside it. This is kind of what we've been thinking for forever. Yep. Um, So, zero surprises here. I think for sure this is a thousand percent correct. Yep. Same here. Uh, Do we think that it will get another DLC plan afterwards? Uh, I would be very surprised if... 
there weren't more uh, returning fighters. Uh, Ice Climbers is the one that I think is most likely, but also yeah. Wolf is also pretty likely. Um, yeah. But other than that, I really don't know. Inklings we've talked about before, but that is kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. I think I think probably the most likely, while while still the safest scenario is uh, we ba- or or rather the most ambitious, while still the most likely scenario is we get basically all the returning fighters, wolf, ice climbers, but also young Link, Pichu, Squirtle, Ivysaur, um, and Snake. Yeah. <laughs> Konami gonna Konami. Yeah. yeah, I think Snake is a little uh, optimistic. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know that they would actually do that. I think the only way Snake gets in is if they go for, you know, the Smash Bros. All-Stars edition or whatever they want to call yeah, it. Sure. You know? Yeah, um, But anyway, uh, it's time for the lightning round. And now we've arrived at the beloved lightning round where we bring you little nuggets of information from the past couple weeks. If you want to read more about any of these stories or any of the ones we discussed earlier, you can check them out at Gamnesia.com. The latest podcast episode will show up in the scrolling feature bar at the top of the site, and on that page you'll see all these links. Alright, so first up, recent releases and stuff that is now available for you. On Wii U, Minecraft got a spooky bundle of three Halloween-themed DLC packs, uh, and Mario Hoops 3-on-3, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat's new play control version from the Wii, and Rhythm Heaven Fever are all now available on the Virtual Console. On 3DS, Mario Party Star Rush is now available, as is Harvest Moon's Skytree Village and Animal Crossing's big new update. Mega Man X3, meanwhile, is now available on the new Nintendo 3DS Virtual Console. Highly recommend it. This has been a favorite of mine for years. You can now preload Pokemon Sun and Moon on Nintendo 3DS or pre-order the Pikachu-themed new 3DS XL. Also, color-swapped models of the 2DS are available now, and they look much better than the original ones. Uh, And GameStop, meanwhile, is now distributing codes to download Genesect in 6th-gen Pokemon games. Hyrule Warriors' final DLC pack is available now. It's got Ravio and Yuga. Uh, November's My Nintendo Rewards include discounts on Earthbound and Xenoblade Chronicles, as well as a selection of Metroid rewards in North America. Uh, and the new wave of Mario Amiibo are available now. I do not have Waluigi, but I do accept fan mail. (laughs) Pokemon Go's latest update adds daily bonuses. Pokemon Go's new tracking feature started being tested in Seattle, Arizona, and San Francisco. Several new episodes of Pokemon Generations are available on YouTube now. Oh, um, if you live in Seattle, Arizona, or San Francisco, you can now use Pokemon Go's new tracking feature. It's being tested. Uh, Several new episodes of Pokemon Generations are now available on YouTube. You can now watch Skylander's Netflix series, available now, and there's even a Crash Bandicoot crossover. And the NES Classic Edition has launched, but good luck finding one. Then we've got a bunch of upcoming dates to look out for. November 18th, Pokemon Sun and Moon launch in North America and Japan, and the same day, Japan is getting a Pokedex Rotom plushie. If it was a Rotom wash plushie, I'd get it. <laughs> <laughs> November 22nd, Darksiders War Mastered Edition launches on Wii U. Also the 22nd, Nintendo UK is just... Stu- is just stu- <laughs> Nintendo UK is distributing a Mew at Pokemon's... Nintendo UK is distributing Mew at a Pokemon Sun and Moon launch event. And that's Mew for the uh, red, blue, and yellow on Virtual Console. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Nice. November 23rd, Pokemon Sun and Moon launch in Europe. November 24th is your last day to get Genesect. Also, it's Thanksgiving. Have fun with your family or something. November 25th, Nintendo's releasing two limited edition new Nintendo 3DS systems for $99 each. 
December 8th, Japan is getting a special edition Pokemon Sun and Moon 2DS. December 29th, Square Enix will announce more Dragon Quest XI details during a 30th anniversary livestream. January 20th, Dragon Quest VII Journey of the Cursed King launches in the West. And sometime in February, fans can play Nintendo Switch at the to Tokaigi 2017 Game Party Japan. And finally, a rundown of all the smaller things that happened in this past week. Pokemon Go's Halloween event put it back on top of the mobile revenue charts. And I think a lot of people who tried it out again during the Halloween event are going to stick around for a little while because the quality of life improvements they've been adding lately are really great, and I've even been playing it more lately. Nice. Pokemon Sun and Moon's list of version-exclusive Pokemon have leaked, so you can check those out if you want help deciding which version to get. Gotta get Sun version Coral so you can get Turtonator. I hate you. <laughs> Korokoro's cans revealed new Ultra Beasts and starter exclusive Z moves for Pokemon Sun and Moon. The developer of Steam World said Nintendo isn't skimping on power with the Switch. But, you know, they also make little indie games, so it's hard to gauge what they mean when they say not skimping on power, so. Yeah. Rayman's creator revealed a long-lost Rayman game for the Super Nintendo, and Deadpool's director, the mo and the director of the Deadpool movie, signed on as the executive producer of the live-action CG blend Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Because quitting the set oh of my. Deadpool 2 to go make a live-action Sonic movie is a great career choice. I mean, hey, <laughs> they've got the same edgy attitude. Maybe this movie's gonna be amazing. We're gonna get that R-rated Shadow the Hedgehog <laughs> spin-off movie that we also desperately crave. Well, well, we do know that this movie is gonna be exactly what Sonic the Hedgehog needs in 2016. <laughs> or 2017, maybe. Um, it's gonna be so meany. Meany supremey dream. Uh, Monster Hunter Generations is getting a sequel called Monster Hunter Double Cross. And its release date is March 18th, which is a day after the rumored Switch release date. So a lot mm. of people are speculating Ooh. that it will get a Switch port, probably at launch. Interesting. A new Blaster Master game is coming to 3DS this spring. Pokemon Sun and Moon's online trading system includes a chat mode and other new features. Project Sonic 2017 includes a new character and a mysterious new feature. Nintendo is working to make Super Mario Run as popular as Pokemon Go, and Super Mario Run is built in the Unity engine. The next free DLC for Monster Hunter Generations is based on popular anime like Yu-Gi-Oh! and Mag Magi. I hope that's pronounced right. Actually, I don't care. Magi, maybe? Uh, I think it's Magi. But who knows? Um, a new Pokemon Sun and Moon trailer reveals the... A new Pokemon Sun and Moon trailer reveals the final starter evolutions, the return of Pokemon trainers Red and Blue, and more. Uh, discover a world beyond in North America's first Pokemon Sun and Moon TV commercial. And Sonic Boom Fire and Ice's new trailer makes the game look like a romantic comedy, as it always should be. <laughs> the big special collector's edition of the Pokemon Sun and Moon strategy guide is 40% off on Amazon. New Pokemon plushies have been revealed, including Beware, Mimikyu, and Gengar. Japan's getting that new Pokedex Rotom plushie on the 18th. Hyrule Field from Ocarina of Time has been impressively recreated in Unreal Engine 4, as has the outside of Luigi's Mansion. Fans have been given fans have given the Nintendo Switch an unofficial puppy mascot and even made adorable plushies. The Nintendo Switch dog, I love it. Someone has created a Pokemon Battle System tech demo for Microsoft HoloLens, and an online tool helps you build the Pokemon and an online tool helps you build the perfect Pokemon team to prepare for sun and moon. Fans are modding a co-op multiplayer mode into Super Mario Sunshine. DNA is shifting their resources to focus on Nintendo. And this comes after they completely shut down their Western branch. So now the DNA-Nintendo partnership games are DNA's only presence in the West going forward. 
Smashified shows us how Gino from Super Mario RPG would look as a fighter in Super Smash Bros. They also have some new trophies up, including some, uh, including Sans from Undertale. Love it. Uh, see how the NES Classic Edition stacks up to the original NES in a new comparison video. Uh, I'll probably cut that. Climax once pitched a Diddy Kong Racing sequel for the Nintendo GameCube. Hidden messages have been discovered in Paper Mario 16 years after its release. And you access them through this really obscure glitch, so I think we can safely say that glitches are now canon in all Nintendo games. <laughs> At least in the Paper Mario universe, which makes it so meta and so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Super Mario Bros. 3 was originally planned to have an overhead perspective, that and weird. that... Yeah, right? Uh, and finally... We have been running some lists leading up to Pokemon Sun and Moon of the top 10 Pokemon of each type. They are a collaborative staff list from the Gamnesia team, so some of them have turned out like garbage because you all have terrible taste, but <laughs> uh, some of them are great. So <laughs> uh, these are obviously just my opinions, but I, am very, I have very strong opinions for what constitutes a good Pokemon design. Um, and with that, this episode is over. So, everybody, thank you all so much for listening. This is the end of Nintendo Week for today. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or subscribe to us on YouTube at Gamnesia TV for bite-sized discussions from the show. And please head to iTunes to leave us a review. We're really working hard to make this show great for you guys, so those iTunes reviews really mean a lot, and they also help a lot of listeners discover the show. So if you haven't done that, please do. It's greatly appreciated. If you have feedback for Nintendo Week, please send it to Colin at Gamnesia.com, or you can find me on Twitter, at Colin McIsaac. And remember to send in your questions about Nintendo, about our show. We love engaging with you guys, and we read them and talk about them here on the show, so it's a great way to get involved. Uh, we've got some great questions about Nintendo Switch and related subjects, so please do keep sending those in. I think we'll probably be uh, diving into all of those next week. Uh, again, that is Colin at Gamnesia.com, C-O-L-I-N at G-A-M-N-E-S-I-A, and at Colin McIsaac's. C-O-L-I-N-M-C-I-S-A-A-C. Alex, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, lamenting the fact that we live in the worst timeline at Legend of Lex. <laughs> and Ben, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Aramgard, E-R-I-M-G-A-R-D. <laughs> I love it. This is the downfall timeline. <laughs> if you can't wait... Uh, if you can't wait till next week for more of our stuff, you can head to Gamnesia.com to see more gaming news as it happens. We've got Sony, Microsoft, Indie, you name it, and Nintendo news that we didn't have the time to discuss on this week's show. And you can join the Facebook group, Nintendo Week Fun Club, to chat with us and other listeners about all things Nintendo. On our way out, it's not Nintendo, but we need it this week. Please enjoy Insane in the Rain's... Ren Insane in the Rain Music's rendition of the famous Portal song, Still Alive. I'm not sure that's as hopeful as you're thinking it is, but okay. <laughs> it's, well, there's no lyrics in this version. Can we go so with Watch You Gone pretty. instead? <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a, a, a week now. Bye. Bye.